0: Hey, I'm very excited because we're going to cover a subject that just not enough people know about, which is hydrogen water, molecular hydrogen. So what is it and what can it do for you? And actually extremely popular in Japan.
1: Medicine by Japanese researchers in 2007 uh, discovered some therapeutic applications of H2. Now, since then there's been over 2000 publications showing a positive effect in every organ in the mammalian body across 180 different models. And so, it's very, very prominent, you know, theotropic effects in the body. So, now we've started trying to uncover why.
0: Welcome to the Dr. Joy Kong podcast. This is where I have a chance to share with you some of the latest developments in the space of holistic health, longevity, and wellness. I've always honored intellectual curiosity and scientific rigor combined with real-world practicality. My goal is that what you learn here will help you live longer and live better. Hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Joy Kong podcast, where, you know, I bring together some of the prominent scientists, doctors, and, you know, thought leaders to bring to you the newest in science technology to enhance your health but also, you know, just to enhance overall happiness in your life. And today I'm very excited because we're going to cover a subject that just not enough people know about, which is hydrogen water, molecular hydrogen. So what is it and what can it do for you? And actually extremely popular in Japan. Um, So I brought in the probably the most prominent scientist in this area, um, Alex Tarvana. And Alex, thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so Alice is actually the inventor of the hydrogen tablets. So now it's very popular. You see it in a lot of products, um, but hydrogen can be incorporated in different forms. And um, so Alex is uh, not only the inventor of uh, the hydrogen tablet, but also um, the developer of true longevity and true performance. And he's uh, quite an expert. But today. We're going to focus on hydrogen water and hydrogen tablets and molecular hydrogen. So, uh, Alex, maybe you can maybe first tell us what is hydrogen, molecular hydrogen? What does it do for people? Why is it important at all?
1: Sure. Um, so, I mean, hi- molecular hydrogen is just like uh, hydrogen atoms bonded, so like H two, right? Um, so, it's the smallest small molecule in the universe, and it played a, a very critical role throughout our evolution. And uh, we're just starting to uncover this over the last 16, 17 years or so. Um, we believe that it was inert in the body because there's hydrogen in our cells at all times. There's hydrogen in the atmosphere. Uh, but a seminal article published in Nature Medicine by Japanese researchers in 2007 uh, discovered some therapeutic applications of H2. Now, since then, there's been over 2,000 publications showing uh that it has an effect a positive effect in every organ in the mammalian body across 180 different models and so it, it's shown very very prominent you know theotropic effects in the body um so now we've started trying to uncover why why is this gas that we thought was completely inert having such profound health benefits and researchers from different areas have chimed in Researchers have gone looking into different areas of science to see the roles of hydrogen in other areas, and we're starting to to uncover some of the pieces. So for instance, hydrogen was involved with our mitochondria since before mitochondria even existed. So mitochondria came from something called eukaryotes, and these early eukaryotes, they actually expelled hydrogen gas as a waste product. Now, those eukaryotes were formed by a symbiotic relationship between two organelles. One of those organelles consumed hydrogen as a fuel source. So H two has been with our mitochondria since before our mitochondria even existed, and that is probably why it had such an impact on the mitochondria itself. So one of the the main ways hydrogen works is something called the mitochondrial factor, right? So. This is a basically a, a form of hormesis that targets the mitochondria. Now, hormesis it is uh, an adaptive stress, like exercise is a form of hormesis, cold exposure, fasting. These are all forms of hormesis that cause a, a stress that's manageable that we get stronger from. So the stress on the mitochondria ends up leading, leading to positive adaptations, right? For instance, we've seen over 1,000 po- like positive changes in gene expression after hydrogen exposure in different models. So that's one big way that hydrogen works. Um, We also are discovering that we're not producing it like we would have throughout evolution, because the way that we endogenously produce hydrogen gas is by fermentation of non-nutritive carbohydrates or fibers, right? Throughout most of human evolution, we would have been consuming well over 100 grams of fiber a day now the average person consumes 14 grams of fiber a day Uh, most unhealthy people consume even less than that so a lot of metabolically unhealthy people are consuming practically no fiber Um, and then from there we're discovering that with changes to our microbiome right dysbiosis in our gut bacteria well a lot of people are producing no hydrogen at all right so for instance between 60 to 80% uh, metabolically impaired, middle-age, and older people produce no hydrogen. They produce methane instead. And this actually increases as we age, right? Because um, as we get older, we've discovered that we produce more and more methane and less and less H2. But conversely, in studies of centenarians, like when they studied um, centenarians or people over 100 years old in Japan, the centenarians had higher than average level, level of hydrogen in their breath mm-hmm. right so there, there's some really cool things that we're discovering with hydrogen relating to when we become unhealthy as we age and through revolution and it's showing to do all these prominent things in the body the the, the mitochondria effector aspect is just one of it it's also showing to possibly impact our microbiome so it's reversing damage that our microbiome is incurring and correcting the bacteria it's also driving liver homeostasis which is really interesting because in the liver aspect it's looking to need about 10 times the dose as some other factors such as like exercise performance to start seeing a result
0: so hydrogen molecule uh is able to you're saying is crucial to help repair liver
1: yeah so it, it seems to be a main driver of lim- liver homeostasis and we're only seeing this at super high doses and concentrations of h2 um you know for instance like the tablets at a couple doses a day can mm-hmm. get to the like the lower thresholds of where we start seeing liver repair we have one clinical trial on the the or we have two clinical trials on, on uh non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and the one we saw decent effects we saw a 10 percent drop in AST. Uh, we saw i think it was a four percent reduction in liver fat and we saw an 11% improvement in insulin sensitivity that was measured by Homo 2 analysis. So we're starting to see some good effects on the liver, but we're needing a really high dose to do it.
0: So would you say over 90% of people are deficient in hydrogen?
1: It, it's definitely a good amount like, uh, and especially we're not getting it how we evolved to get it in, in these peaks and valleys.
0: How did right? we get it before?
1: Um, well we would have gotten it through fermentation of fiber right and we would be consuming so much fiber in a day but we wouldn't have been consuming fiber like slowly throughout all days like how hunter-gatherers would have eaten is one day maybe you're eating you know meat and then the next day you're you found a fruit orchard and you know our fruit was so much different back then before horticulture made it like really easy right to consume same with vegetables so we would have been getting these peaks and valleys of h2 and that's actually what we're seeing in uh, in vitro studies or cell culture studies that when we put constant dose of hydrogen and we see the same thing in rodents if you give like hydrogen all day all night the rodents no health changes happen you know if you just blow hydrogen or, or like on like the cells all the time no changes happen it's these peaks and valleys that elicit the changes just like exercise, if you're exercising 24 7, it's going to have negative consequences, not positive consequences. It, it's the peak of stress and then the recovery that leads to the positive adaptations. Um, also, too, hydrogen used to be in our water supply. We know that it was higher than the atmosphere. And the oldest water that we found on the planet, um, deep down beneath the Canadian Shield, um, estimated at like 2 billion years old, it had dissolved hydrogen still. To this day
0: okay so um it it, the best way to get hydrogen uh these days will still be from fiber so you're saying that that's the main source
1: well if if you eat 100 grams of fiber a day which probably that puts you in like the 0.01 percentage of people um then you might not need exogenous hydrogen but the vast majority of people do not consume anywhere close to that. And there's another factor too, that we haven't found the threshold of one engine stops being effective. Like for instance, in some models in cell cultures, we can go to full saturation of H2 in the cell and continue seeing increases in benefit, right? From like half saturation or three quarter saturation. And that level of H2 in a human body is actually impossible. Right, And then we look in the reason why high concentration is so important for humans is because even when we compare a human to a mouse or a rat, they consume exponentially more water per body weight per day than we do. So they're able to get in a smaller concentration, a far greater dose than a human can get into their cells. So me definitely can benefit from exogenous H2, even if we're consuming a lot of fiber. You know at least for certain models Mm -hmm.
0: so um so it can help uh improve mitochondria function is it
1: um, hydrogen is shown to improve both function and number of mitochondria so it leads to mitochondrial biogenesis as well so it'll improve the the health and performance of the mitochondria and it leads to higher density and like more mitochondria
0: okay and uh, what other things uh, can it do, the hydrogen?
1: I mean, hydrogen has shown to have so many roles. and It's it's hard to know what are down signal effects and what are, are you know, like first response effects. But hydrogen has shown to regul- regulate redox homeostasis, for instance. So mm-hmm. it's not an antioxidant, but it usually acts as an antioxidant. So one thing about high-dose antioxidant therapy is... We are learning it doesn't work, right? And all these longitudinal studies, it's being demonstrated that taking a high dose of antioxidants every day leads to either no benefit or even harm. It it increases all cause mortality. It interferes with certain medications such as cancer therapies. Um, hydrogen actually doesn't ever overactivate antioxidant function. Um, it's not a direct antioxidant. It works by Regulating the production of our endogenous, so like the antioxidants within our body, glutathione catalase and su- catalase and superoxide dismutase. So by consuming H two, it, it first elicits a mild stress, which triggers the NRF two pathway, to produce more antioxidants to counter that stress. Mm-hmm. A very big factor in this why a lot of athletes are using it because athletes will not use antioxidant because you take antioxidants in conjunction with. Exercise, it blunts the hypertrophy gains, and you don't want that, right? So it's blunting the positive effects of the exercise. But with H2, when you take it along with exercise, it's actually potentiating the stress response. Mm-hmm. So it's some really cool research we've done on rodents. It will increase the oxidative stress and the inflammation acutely during exercise and then rebound them to homeostasis faster. So it's like you exercise harder and recovered quicker. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and that's quite like 19 out of 20 times we'll see a strong antioxidant response, but one in 20 we actually see a pro oxidation response. There's actually another really interesting study. Um, I was an author on this study. Um, and I, I don't want to caution everyone, I don't think this is like a cure for cancer. This was just in mice. We haven't studied this in humans yet. Like in a, a mouse model of colorectal cancer, um, we, we had a control group. We had a hydrogen group. We had a group with a chemotherapeutic called Fluoracil. If I have we had a combination group with hydrogen and fluorocil. Now, both the hydrogen and the group worked pretty well. They were about equivalent in mice. Um, they reduced tumor weight and size, and they had collagen content at 24, 25%. As expected, the hydrogen increased antioxidant activity and decreased oxidative stress. As expected, the fluorocell increased oxidative stress and blunted antioxidant activity. Now, what was actually crazy is a combination group was synergistic. It completely demolished the tumor weight and size, and it reduced collagen content down to 6%. Right. So it, it was incredibly effective. But the hydrogen actually potentiated the stress response of the fluorocell. So within the cancer cells, the oxidative stress went up and the antioxidant activity was blunted significantly more than the alone. So the H2 worked as sort of a small, smart molecule in conjunction with the drug, potentiate the effects of the drug.
0: Very cool. So I understand that you have interest in research into how to incorporate molecular hydrogen into pharmaceutical use. So this is- yeah.
1: It's a big avenue that I've personally been involved in and in researching and working with some teams on. I think hydrogen is a delivery method for drugs and other nutraceuticals in the future. Um, we've seen synergy with hydrogen and other therapies of the research, even other forms of pormesis like cold exposure, fasting, exercise. We've seen it potentiate the benefit and mitigate the side effects and risks. So we've seen this over and over again with h2 um we've seen hydrogen in rodent research um you know potentially cancer therapies you know and not just a study i mentioned but other studies we we've seen it to mitigate like liver damage from other drugs so we've seen all sorts of research on hydrogen pointing to its protective effect but it doesn't only protect it potentiates therapeutic actions as well so I think that's a big area that is going to be researched in the future is using H2 to deliver other therapies.
0: So H2 really, as a um, therapeutic agent, hasn't been around very long, you said since 2007. That's only 16 years. Um, So over 2,000 publications, what have they found in all these publications? What are the the crowning jewels?
1: So the... The strongest evidence, uh, you know, that we have systematic reviews on. Um, like systematic reviews and meta-analysis for the, the you know, listeners is when you take a bunch of clinical research and you look at all the data and you rerun the statistics to see if it has worked throughout all the clinical trials. So we've done systematic review and meta-analyses on hydrogen for regulating uh, basically healthy cholesterol levels. You know, for if you know, cancer actually, but you know, we, we need a lot more research there, and also for having an anti fatigue effect, right? And this anti fatigue effect has been quite interesting. Um, we've seen that in exercise performance, and we've seen it after sleep deprivation. Actually, a couple of the the clinical trials on the hydrogen tablets, so specifically on hydrogen tablets. We have over 20 clinical trials to date, a handful of preclinicals, and we have about that many clinical trials that are currently underway with teams all around the world. Um, and uh, we just had an expert channel that issued 21 structure function claims, right? So validated claims on maintaining structure and function of the body to ADA and FTC standards. Uh, they found that hydrogen had positive impact on metabolism. Um, such as it promotes weight loss. We've shown weight loss in four different clinical trials. Um, perhaps we understand some of the mechanisms there. Metrogen does, uh, the, in both our clinical trials and in preclinical, it's shown to regulate ghrelin. So a lot of people know that as the hunger hormone, but ghrelin has some other roles as well. It regulates um, like insulin response and glucose metabolism. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very important molecule and it has neuroprotective effects as well. Uh, it also showed to regulate some of the brain chemistry involved in satiety right mm-hmm. and we've seen in research that hydrogen improves attention and, and brain metabolism after sleep deprivation so it can correct some of those issues because usually when people have a bad sleep they one become more sedentary and two eat worse right so hydrogen seems to have some blunting effects there uh, so we've shown weight loss we've shown it regulates you know like uh, cholesterol and blood pressure and um you know blood glucose and hemoglobin right in mm-hmm. metabolic files um, mm-hmm. seen brain metabolism improvements both after sleep depth in healthy but overweight individuals and in the elderly so our we had a clinical trial six months long double blind placebo control on a 70 plus population and we found some pretty interesting stuff it lengthened telomeres by 14 percent. it improved mm-hmm. dna methylation It doubled uh, a protein in the blood called TET2, TET2. Now, TET2 is what's linked to young blood. So if you've seen any of the vampire research, they call it, where they take the blood of a young mouse and they put it in an old mouse that rejuvenates their skeletal tissue, um, that's linked to TET2. So we doubled that in the blood. We improved brain metabolism. And then we had some functional benefits as well. Uh, The... uh, Ended to improve sleep, but didn't reach significance, but it was a strong trend on improving sleep outcomes. Um, We did reach significance on lowering pain scores and improving quality of life. And we did reach significance on the senior fitness test. So for instance, at the end of the six-month trial, um, the participants could sit and then stand more times before becoming tired. And this was an average age of 77, but it was recruited in 2020 in the early stages of the pandemic. So they couldn't even go to the gym. They were at home and they somehow became more fit. And that's actually an interesting point as well. This is one of our trials where they didn't lose weight. They stayed the same BMI, but they increased lean muscle mass by 5%, right? Yeah. So the elderly people somehow put on muscle on the group.
0: Uh, that's really tremendous, you know, for the health of these, uh, these seniors. So, uh.
1: We're doing another trial right now. I don't have the results yet, but we're doing a trial in an older population. I think it's 55 plus looking at uh, unfit aging adults that have never exercised or haven't exercised in years, starting an exercise protocol with or without hydrogen. So I'm excited about the results from that because we've seen pretty phenomenal results in our clinical research and others on hydrogen improving exercise performance and recovery. And we've seen results in in older populations. So I'm pretty optimistic about that one.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So I know there are all kinds of products out there trying to get hydrogen into people's bodies. And one one thing that's really popular is those hydrogen water machines. And they can get pretty expensive. And then um, there are people who are just selling the water itself, right? That's full of hydrogen. So... Uh, of course, these have their own limitations, and it can be cumbersome. And you know, are you going to always have the machine next to you? You know, what? so I, I assume- and the
1: concentration and dose is super low too, and that's a big deal.
0: really from the machine. Uh,
1: the machines, like for instance, the tablets. Our gas chromatography results show that in half a liter of water, we're getting over twelve ppm or twelve milligrams a liter. Mm-hmm. A lot of these machines that some of them cost thousands of dollars to buy, and they'll get between 0.1 to at most one per million. Oh God, so like weird. the tablets are getting 12 to 125 times more hydrogen these machines that cost thousands of dollars are getting. And the thing is those machines were not designed originally to be hydrogen water machines. They were designed to be alkaline water machines, right? And then the, the company is producing those machines and the salesman realized that the alkaline water trend was dying but the machines were producing small amounts of hydrogen gas and research on h2 was picking up. that's actually how some of the research in japan started on h2 is people were seeing some small health benefits from these alkaline water ionizers but the researchers knew that there was no merit in the water alkalinity and they started studying what else was in the water and discovered that there was h2 gas and started re- researching on the h2 gas so those machines actually started the research, but then now products have emerged, like the tablets that are designed specifically to make hydrogen in very high concentrations. Uh, and the issue with the pouches, like the the you know pouches of water, hydrogen saturation at SATP is one point six milligrams a liter or ppm. Mm-hmm. By the time they're bottled, they're usually one point two but most of these pouches are made in asia in japan in korea and china by the time they get in a boat out and make it to north america we're usually at 0. 0.4 0. 0.5 ppm or even less and they're in 200 milliliter pouches so you're getting a very very low concentration and an even lower dose of h2 and they're expensive they're like four bucks each um actually Japan took a big hit in Japan. There's, China. Hydrogen water took a big hit in Japan a few years ago. Oh, because it says. It had bought, grown in popularity so much that it was 11% of the bottled water market in Japan. Wow. Right, It was accounting for hundreds of millions a year in sales. Well, the uh, Japanese Department of Consumer Affairs tested 19 products off the shelf in Japan and found 17 of them did not have any detectable hydrogen. <laughs> like so wow. they were putting hydrogen water in like plastic bottles and was just leaking out, you know, escaping within like days of being bottled and it, it just went run amok and I know that caused a lot of problems for a lot of the researchers in Japan. They had a hard time getting grants for a few years, but they've rebounded now, you know, like ensuring that they have better products and you know, better testing and everything.
0: Uh-huh. But so some yeah, of they're, the trains was what made you develop the tablets, I assume
1: yeah um now how i got into it was a long story i was in a completely different field i i innovated on a different technology When i got really sick and i had been competing in sports at the time like crossfit and you know i was training martial arts few hours a day as well so at that time i was like the most fit i'd ever been in my life in my late 20s i was training four to six hours a day and i got hit with what my doctor at the time thought was a mystery virus. They couldn't figure it out, Mm -hmm. but I developed sudden onset narcolepsy. I'd fall asleep if I sat down for more than a minute. I was sleeping 16 to 18 hours a day. I had central nervous system fatigue. So I went from a 54-inch plyometric box jump to not being able to jump an inch off the ground, but it didn't affect my strength. So my deadlift and my bench press and my squat were all the same. I just couldn't do anything explosive whatsoever and uh i was severely anemic despite eating six to eight thousand calories a day and a lot of red meat and a lot of green vegetables mm-hmm. um low ferritin you know as well along with the anemia um and uh i uh i i had crazy levels of inflammation in my body mm-hmm. so my c-reactive proteins were like 35 milligrams a deciliter oh wow so, you Now 70 to 100 times that normal. So, uh, it could never figure it out. But by the time the last settled, it was like two months later. And I developed osteoarthritis called lead and joints. You know, the worst being my left shoulder, which is now bone on bone with multiple labeling tears. Um, and I can barely move it. And I went on a thousand milligrams of naproxen a day, cortisone injections. And I knew that I couldn't just be taking a thousand milligrams of prescription prox and a day for the rest of my life it was going to wreak havoc so i started spending six hours a day i'd been exercising just scouring research on pubmed looking for anything that could regulate the inflammatory response and i found a lot of things hydrogen being one of them i bought one of those machines you mentioned for like four thousand dollars i just went on my merry way but nine months or so later i fainted a few times in the gym and I developed multiple ulcers. I wasn't, you know, processing my food properly. I wasn't getting proper nutrition. So I had to abruptly stop the Proxin, and all my joints rose up completely. Like I couldn't put on a shirt. I couldn't put on socks without like lying down on the ground. Banyans mm-hmm. were And that made me go back to the drawing board, to start reading med again, and you know, to find anything to help me. And I to across newer research on hydrogen, which really pissed me off because it obviously wasn't working for me. <laughs> uh, but then it just dawned on me, how do I know how much hydrogen I'm getting? So I started buying the full studies uh, on a lot. A lot of you who don't read studies, uh, most research is behind a paywall but you're not actually an institution, so you might have to pay between thirty to eighty bucks to read a full paper. Otherwise you might just get an abbreviated version or an abstract. Um, so I started buying the full studies at reading the the materials and methods and realized that literally none of the research used a machine like mm-hmm. the one that I bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them were using magnesium, right? And they're doing a lab setting or they were bubbling pure gas through the water. So I started looking into do-it-yourself projects and tried some magnesium sticks It didn't really work uh, like getting a bunch of magnesium and then just started playing around and started trying to make tablets so that they'd sink to the bottom and, and react away getting my hands on the magnesium was really hard um like this stuff is uh you have to have a proper end use from the u.s state department to be able to make it right it's got a lot of military applications it's a white and fireworks. works it burns thousands of degrees celsius wow um, so at first i was getting it from like eastern europe and china but then i was testing the heavy metals and they were high and so I ended up going down all the proper routes to get the magnesium clear for my purpose and i was doing r d on it and i just had this sober second thought and i'm like I learned really quickly, and I understand the basics of this chemistry, but that's not my specialty. I don't want to win a Darwin Award and blow up my house with Elemental Museum and Hydrogen Gas. So I found my founding partner, he, he's a PhD in organic chemistry, he's from the pharmaceutical industry. Um, I asked him to look over everything I was doing. He told me it was the worst pseudoscience he'd ever heard in his life and gave me a list of reasons why. I responded to all his reasons, you know, with peer-reviewed literature and an explanation. It took a few days to get back to me and then said, all right, you know, you am going to send it here. Sure, I'll take a look for you. As days went by, um, I was just sending him a new study every day as he was working on what I was doing. And just serendipitously, I sent him a study on it a certain disease model um, that I didn't realize he was actually the lead chemist working on small molecules to treat with his pharmaceutical company. And he called me for lunch and he said, like, listen, uh, I just had to accept the findings of those other papers. Now, I'm a you know subject matter expert on this right now. I'm trying to develop molecules for this purpose. And it was a clinical trial, of, like 60 people. So it wasn't like, you know, just a small like study. And he said unless this is brought, this stuff works right like are you sure you just want this as a do-it-yourself product or like do you want to develop this properly and so we went about the next steps he didn't have much to correct on what i was doing but to, to go from making like any tablets and mortar and pestle and like hand punching them to be able to make millions at high speed mm-hmm. that took us a year 15 failed scale-up attempts and over 2,000 iterative adjustments. Mm -hmm. And since then, we have like thousands more iterative adjustments, you know, to get to the tablet we're at today. But uh, the reason the tablet today is so impactful over other technologies on the market is we figured out how to make very small nanopolis, right? So as I mentioned, like the saturation point of hydrogen in water is... Well, there is 1.6 milligrams a liter, 1.6 parts per million. With the tablets, we're delivering over 12 milligrams a liter or parts per million. So we're getting like eight grams of saturation point. Mm-hmm. The way we're doing this is by delivering this quasi dissolved gas solution. So that's why when you drop the tablet in water, it turns the water to you know, like milky white, like skin milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a similar concept to if. You remember during the pandemic when it went from the six feet social distancing Mm. the the six feet didn't work anymore with omicron because there were small particulates that would stay in the air for hours or days and travel 30 40 feet or more um that's because when you go below five microns in size whether it's a particle in the air particle in the water or a gas bubble in water it doesn't behave the same Mm. It doesn't sink or float. It just moves erratically. And so when we make these bubbles very small, we make them 10 to 30 nanometers in size, and it forms this gas cloud that's neither, that's not dissipating out of the water. It's just forming these eddy currents that's flowing around in the water until they coalesce past five microns, then they dissipate out. So that's how we kind of act the physics on dissolving hydrogen in water, they allow this super high dose. Because otherwise, to get the same dose of H2 through water, you'd need to pressurize that H2 at 130 PSI and let it hit equilibrium for eight to 10 hours.
0: I see. So you really want to drink it when it was the smallest bubbles, but, yeah. but as soon as the tablet is completely dissolved, correct? Or do you not yeah. wait until it's fully dissolved?
1: I mean, some people start sipping it like a, as it's going. Um, we, we say wait for it to dissolve, but uh, I personally drink it when the tablet rises to the surface and starts breaking mm-hmm. it. So a lot of people get confused when we say wait for the tablet to fully dissolve mm. when they wait for all the gas to leave. Mm-hmm. Now you're only getting 1.6 parts per million instead of 12.4 okay. okay. parts. So. when the tablet rises to the surface and starts breaking apart that's when you want to drink it and drink it fast
0: Mm, i see and how often should people drink it like let's say a healthy versus somebody that's quite sick
1: sure so hydrogen at its core i like to call it kind of like a master regulator within the cells it's like a supervisor that goes in and corrects what's going wrong. so the the more stress your body is under the more is going wrong, the more work hydrogen needs to do to correct and fix and incrementally drive you back to homeostasis. So if you're in your 20s, you live a healthy life, you're active, but not like an athlete or anything, you could just take it when something stressful happens. Like Mm -hmm. you fly and travel or you stayed up late and got a bad night's sleep, whether you indulged in, you know, alcohol or recreational substances or not um, if you eat a bad meal if you worked out really hard and you're exhausted those are the times that a, a young healthy person should take H two. but as we age we're getting ragged down by more and more physiological stress so we might need to take it more and more often for instance like in our studies on like metabolic syndrome and healthy aging and um for people who are like overweight right and have issues or other people that that have chronic issues they tend to work with the professors we tend to give them between like two to four tablets a day every day and then start seeing results after maybe a month or at some models three months or six months because there's a lot more stress going on in the body so it takes a lot longer Mm.
0: okay so two to four you want to space them out, not necessarily two tablets at a time. Is it better to um, space them out?
1: It depends on how how well you can drink water. Like, for instance, uh, this is what I prepare my hydrogen water in. It's one liter, so like 30. 30 for minutes.
0: one tablet?
1: No, I'll, I'll put like three or four tablets in that, okay. right, into a, a, a liter of water. But I'll have that like once or twice a day, with say three tablets in But in our elderly studies, they can only gulp down like maybe 250 milliliters of water, you know, like eight ounces of water. Mm -hmm. So they might need a tablet three times a day or four times a day to get a liter total. Mm -hmm. So a tablet won't make the same concentration in every volume of water because it has a a set amount of H2 that's created. So the more water you put it in, uh, the lower the concentration, right and then if you put it in a small amount of or the concentration goes super high but the nose goes low so we're designed for between 250 to 500 milliliters of water like usually 350 to 500 milliliters of water the best amount to put it in is the amount that you can muzzle quickly
0: <laughs> I see yeah are there any side effects for, for, for I mean apparently there's tremendous benefit anyone had any problems
1: um you see a uh, you in the literature out of like thousands of people in clinical trials, I think there's like 10 reported side effects. Um, and we're not even sure if they're to do with the hydrogen or what they are. Um, we've gotten a few reports of like headaches up to the first one or two times of using it. It's plausible because if it can have impacts on brain metabolism and all these benefits on the brain, that it could maybe give someone a headache short term. But in all the reports, both uh, reported in the literature and, and anecdotally through consumers, it seems it goes away you know, the second or third time you drink hydrogen water, they don't get a headache again. So that's an interesting one. Um hydrogen does activate and, and speed up gastric motility. So it may make you go to the washer. Um for a lot of people that's a good thing. Yeah. Like um, so if may change your your washroom habits at first before regularizing again um so any change is reported as a side effect so that's been reported a handful of times as a side effect even though it's possibly a good thing for a lot of people yeah But uh, other are not on indications the only one seen and uh, again it's a good thing on um, in some studies on diabetics diabetics have had to lower their insulin but that's positive I see. Uh, yeah. If you're on medications, you should monitor, like monitor them with your, your physician because you might end up lowering the dose of your medication.
0: Yeah. So there are actually a lot of uh, hydrogen tablet products out there now, right? Are they all based on your patent?
1: Um, many of them are, but there are some fake products. Mm. So oh, Okay. I've written a lot of blogs about fake products I discover. It seems like every month I see a new one drop up on the internet or Amazon, right. a lot of people, I, I don't know if they know that they're fake or not, but they think that they can just put the same ingredients that they see on the labels of the hydrogen tablet and like list products in the market. And so they won't be elemental magnesium. They'll do like a magnesium salt. So they don't react. They don't make hydrogen. And so there's constantly fake products. Emerging.
0: Wow. Yeah, so the product I have been using and I, you know, that I trust is um, uh, uh, drink HRWs. I guess stands for drink hydrogen rich water. Um, So that that was a product that you developed, correct?
1: Yeah. So actually, that brand uh, I actually founded that brand. So before I started licensing my technology to other companies, um, I developed a brand, and then I got bigger into the licensing and the research side but i kept up with that brand for a while because no one else was selling it to canada and i live in canada right so i was bringing product up to distribute to friends and family that wanted it um but then a few years ago i sold the majority of that brand to some investors in marketing company but i kept uh, um, certain like veto rights for them so they can't launch any products without me signing off on them because I founded it, my name's attached to it, so I don't want like, you know, some cheap garbage that doesn't work going out there into the marketplace based on that, so.
0: Yeah, so are there a lot of special technology that's built into uh, the tablets in the drink uh, HRW? um, um, Do you think there are other tablets that are real and are just as good?
1: So there are no other tablets you know there there are other brands that use my technology my too. but there's no other tablet that uh, can do what my tablet does right yeah. you know that is my patent that i have in basically every major marketing world um so and nobody's been able to replicate it you know um i've seen companies in china try and replicate the tablets and it didn't work yet. it's not intuitive to get it to work is all i can say that's why it took us yeah, our first production ready tablet took over two thousand iterative adjustments. And wow. to get to where the tablet is today is over three thousand adjustments. These are adjustments in you know, formulation, in formulation and processing, you know, in in every stage of the manufacturing to get there. So it's not easy to make these things. It's very, very difficult. So in addition to my patents on it, no one else knows how to do it. Right. So Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where we're at
0: so so this product has been out for how long
1: um seven years now
0: seven years so you must have heard a lot of stories of uh what happens when people actually drink water from this tablet can you share some of the things that uh, possibly even surprised you
1: yeah sure I I mean uh, I hear a lot of testimonials that I can't really repeat on any podcast because they have to deal with like specific indications you know that uh, can't really talk about from a regulatory standpoint um but that gives us ideas to do research on and i i share that with you know professors and you know look at targets like why is it helping this person in this way but the ones that we heard most consistently were were, like clarity of the mind and honor when you feel run down which actually led to some of our research um you know like such as like the two trials that we we had after sleep deprivation showing more robust improvements in brain metabolism than caffeine, right? But it's not a stimulant. It's just correcting what's gone wrong from the stress. Um, another one that we hear all the time is especially with the older, let's say older men that work hard jobs at construction. Mm-hmm. We'll hear them say things like, I haven't slept in 30 years or I haven't dreamt in 30 years. We've been dreaming every night. Having dreams, so we we did a study. It's it's in press right now. Um, I was involved in the study in, in a limited aspect, but it was with a team at UCLA and mice, and they looked at a battery of tests on hydrogen and sleep. They had planted you know the mice's brains uh, with, with chips to to monitor their brains and, and their sleep function and everything. And what was really interesting is when hydrogen was given to all mice that had no stress there were no changes But as soon as any stress was you know put on these mice we saw all these positive adaptations and that's what we see throughout all the literature if you put hydrogen on a healthy cell nothing happens now you artificially damage that cell we see all these changes to start correcting back to homeostasis so that that is why i say hydrogen is kind of protective and like a master like supervisor regulator that's turning the dials back to to healthy function but with these mice they'd say reverse their circadian rhythm like they'd make them sleep at night instead of during the day spice or nocturnal or uh they gently massage them awake in the middle of their sleeping pattern to disrupt their sleep in the hydrogen group it was reducing their latency so they were falling back to sleep faster it was improving their rem and their non-rem sleep but then, what was really cool is it was improving their daytime energy the next day. So the mice given hydrogen were as active as usual after mm-hmm. this bad sleep or this switched sleep schedule. Uh, whereas the the ma- mice just subjected to the stress were lazy and lethargic and weren't moving around, which right. is effective.
0: So it made them more resilient.
1: It, it made them resilient to the stress, but then it helped them recover too because they had an improvement on their recovery night. So they had a better sleep the first night, more active the next day, and then again reduced latency and improved non REM and REM sleep in the recovery day. So it was a really interesting trial, and you know we've heard that that's one of our most popular testimonials is how it's helping people with their sleep and dreaming.
0: Mm. What about in cases of depression, anxiety? Has there been any research in this area?
1: There has. There, there was one small clinical trial showing that improved mood, you know, mood and in uh, a model of, you know, anxiety and depression. There's been some rodent studies showing it, it to mitigate depressive-like symptoms, but we we need uh, more research on this. Um, similarly, like uh, uh, there's a study. Um, under peer review right now that that um talks about another brain indication that that has to do with mood and energy and i don't want to go too deep into it the <laughs> the proc like putting it through it's, it's from a major university in the u.s but they, they might get upset if i i share oh. all the details of their study but now uh, we're seeing some other cool things
0: i see yeah just one last question so is it Better to take the hydrogen water before or after a workout?
1: Before, right? So, okay. if you take it after, it's still going to have the protective effects of the stress that you already had, mm. right? So, it's going to help you recover quicker. But when you take it before your workout, it's also going to have the anti fatigue effects. So, you're going to be able to work out longer and harder. And it's going to further potentiate that stress response in the cell and your body. So, to amplify the benefits that you got from the exercise, it's definitely better to take. Or I like taking it you know, between 10 to 30 minutes before I work up.
0: Wow, wonderful. This is amazing. It's uh, so helpful and, and so rich in information. I'm sure um, a lot of people are going to be very excited to try. And um, so um, we actually have uh, a, a coupon code for people who really want to try this. Uh, you know, use Dr. Joy, uh, get on the company's website, I'll put it in the show notes. And, uh, thank you for developing the product. I'm taking it. Uh, now I'm going to take it even more, um, definitely before my workout. So I'm, I'm, really excited to learn more from you and thank you so much for, for the great work to do, that you did and the, uh, you know, the 3000 iterations that you had gone through.
1: <laughs> Obviously I love what I do. So that's what uh, I
0: do. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. And, um, so I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and, uh, Do like this episode and subscribe to the channel. And I want to thank you, uh, my guest, Alex, for being here and educating everybody. So thank you again.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoy the content. And if so, please rate and follow this podcast. To reach me, you can contact Uplift Longevity Center, that is Uplift with a Y. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Joy Kong MD. See you next time!